Welcome aka Padders, this is the 31 Days of Dread and you are here for day 25 of 31 and you're probably getting this um, a little bit late and uh, look, I, I went into this previous episodes uh, it's been one heck of a month and I am, I, it's a war but we're doing horror movies, we're doing one a day I'm Peter A. DeLuca, it's aka Pad time, it's aka Daddy time and we are talking Return of the Dead, 1985. This rounds out our 80s environmental horror block. That's right, horror created by the environment. The abuse of Lady Green. Yeah, and she has a revenge in this movie and it is phenomenal. Let me lay it down, people. We are dealing with the most sound movie zombie rules in cinema, in fiction, history that intro's rolling in let's get through it because this is something special and we have to discuss okay i don't want to get into anecdotes at all when it comes to uh this episode i uh you know sometimes i talk and i want to get things off off my uh, head off my gray matter not this time because return of the living dead okay I've seen this movie three times in about two days. No, well, maybe, no, three times in four days. Uh, one of them was a, like, a movie marathon that uh, Mark, Mark with a mouth, or um, business Mark, as I call him. Uh, there's two Marks that contributed throughout the history of this podcast. Uh, him and his daughters come over, um, you know, and we just have a good time watching this, this movie. And we, we immediately wanted to watch part two. Okay, uh, part two is an 80s sequel. I hate to say it, uh, nothing carried over, uh, except for two of the actors. Uh, I'll get into one of them a little bit down the road. And look, I don't know, uh, this movie special, the sequel's not much. Uh, there, there's a reason why for the title, uh, in the headline of this episode and for the thumbnail i'm not including uh, any reference to return of the living dead part two now there's been three movies and i i believe like when we go through this as a franchise history uh film series i mean we we have we we have some movies <laughs> we have a lot of movies okay we have return of the living dead 1985 that's what we're discussing Return of the Living Dead Part 2, 1988. Return of the Living Dead 3, 1993. Return of the Living Dead Necropolis, 2005. Return of the Living Dead Rave to the Grave, 2005. 2005 had two, and then there's um, documentaries, you know? So, Dane O'Bannon, he's the guy behind this, okay? You need to know who he is. Do you like Blue Thunder? Do you like Roy Schneider? Screenwriter for Blue Thunder. He started with Dark Star. Uh, Dark Star is a, a independent sci-fi movie. You know, like special effects wise, all this other stuff. Um, you know, predates like Star Wars. Uh, his work on Dark Star, uh, I believe, was so uh, magnifying. It got uh, Jordowski uh, to recruit him for his Dune movie. Uh, there was a documentary on that. I'm pretty sure Dane O'Bannon is the guy that they um, got for that. Then we have Alien, right? Historic. 
I'm sorry. My <laughs> my my phone. Uh, let's turn off the notifications for my phone. I, I I'm talking to you in in the morning, and I'm expecting a few phone calls. Uh, two phone calls in particular. So, I apologize. Uh, Invaders from Mars, the 1986 remake, one of my favorite remakes. Life Force, 1985, underrated uh, space vampire movie. It, it's so hard to um, classify that one. Dead and Buried, 1981. I'm not familiar with Dead and Buried. Uh, the title's pretty common. You know, I could say I heard of it, but uh, I can't be sure. He did the segment. Uh, soft landing in heavy metal that Elon Musk recreated, uh, I believe, last year with SpaceX with a Tesla. Uh, that's a floating space car that uh, you know re-enters the atmosphere from space. Uh, Screamers, nineteen ninety-five. Uh, you know Peter Weller, great movie. Okay, Dana Bannon is beyond. Uh, no, uh, I'm sorry, Dana Bannon is still with us. Uh, but he's beyond um, talented. Endless ideas. Uh, he he uh, even blew thunder, leading into a TV series. Return of the Living Dead. You know you, you can call it a cult franchise because there's still not enough people who have seen this movie. Uh, you know to be involved with Alien, one of the biggest movie franchises. Uh, in the history of the world, it's it's in the um, impact of Alien is insane. So, what is this movie exactly? Well, th- this movie is cult. It's popular, not popular enough. Okay, not big enough. Still small. Just this is a lot like Day Twenty Four Chud. Now. Upcoming, uh, I have a Reanimator coming. I, I have yet to see that movie. Reanimator uh, gets endless releases, uh, art prints, uh, new poster designs, you know, like new cover designs, steel books, action figures, T-shirts, uh, other merchandise, and you know, every few years we'll have a new Reanimator action figure. In my eyes, it, that does not make that cult. This movie has a style. It has a flair. Uh, there is an attitude that runs through this movie, and it is Dane O'Bannon directing. Okay, Now, he did not work on the story. He th- This is a screenplay. So here's the plot. Okay, military experiment. Okay. Uh, military creates a gas, this gas, unintended consequences, uh, animates the dead, the dead crave brains. Now, when I say these are the most sound movie zombies, I'm going to get into that real quick, but let me tell you the setting for this movie. The setting for this movie is that the 1969 Night of the Living Dead was a true story. The military got involved with the filmmakers and made the filmmakers adjust the story to cover up what really happened. Now, this is a sequel to that incident without the details (laughs) of the true story-like part. So, it is 
a sequel to Night of the Living Dead. Uh, this echoes uh, Blair Witch, um, Book of Shadows, and Blair Witch, Witch Project. It echoes it. It's so amazing the way how these two movies, uh, these four movies, correlate in in that fashion. So, and then and then boom, we're in the eighties. Uh, we're introduced to a eighties party gang. You know, uh, the the tagline for this movie, "They're back from the grave." And ready to party is kind of true and not okay. This the, the, this movie is impossible to have an accurate tag tagline for this movie. You cannot pinpoint it because it's so unique. Uh, you know, it, it, it's not perfect, but it's 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 almost like riddled with um or sprinkled with these incredible performances. Everyone's yelling. You know, everyone's like at a volume in this movie. Uh, nothing is real. It's all exaggerated. Uh, it is a movie. That's what's so important about this. We're watching a movie. We're not watching something else. Okay. So. First seeing this. Okay. I like, I, and, and I know I'm leapfrogging all over the place. So do, do I need to tell you a little bit more about the plot? Maybe, let's let's just go back to the plot. So we have party kids, we have the military, uh, and we have these uh, embalmers. Okay, and we we have a a facility that almost like liquefies uh, people to make medical bones to to distribute, like a medical bone distributor, a medical skeleton distributor. And then you know they let the gas out, and here's the awesome part: they. They um they cover up what happened because you know they they accidentally let this gas out. They animate one of the bodies, and they find out that all the rules from Night of the Living Dead aren't true. You can't kill these things by the brain; they are reanimated. The other rule that this is what I mean about perfect rules: these zombies are not killed with a gunshot. You cannot shoot their brain. You cannot chop off their head. The arms and the rest of the body will still be animated. Perfect, right? These zombies crave brains. Okay? they And they do not change you into a zombie if you bite them. You just simply die. They will eat your brain. So there's an infinite amount of them. And third rule is the zombies are somewhat conscious and they're in pain eating brains soothe their pain and and we have this because we have a uh, a torso that they get and they they kind of harass and interview the torso very blade to blood hunt you know like we have the uh examination table discovery exposition of uh you know how the rules or the mechanics of the of the monster work this is common it's a common trope, common technique, but it's perfect. It's perfectly used in this, and it was pretty much damn perfect in, in Blade as well. You know, you can say you can argue that the um, Velociraptor birth scene is a reverse of that trope. You know, where it's not an examination table, but it's still all your characters around getting the rules laid out in front of them with the birth of a baby raptor. So, you know, like we all deal with ideas that zombies would uh, like starve to death, 
or zombies would uh, decompose or, um, you know, you know, just the logic of if zombies are eating brains, um, you know, why, why would people turn into a zombie if zombies are eating brains? And then why wouldn't zombies just eat the, eat fresh brains whenever they, uh, even if someone turned into a zombie, it's, you know, like we need very clear rules for zombies as we do with vampires as we do with werewolves, even as we do with Frankenstein's monster. This is what Halloween and the 31 Days of Dread are all about. We need to know these rules. It's important. So, as the plot unfolds, these guys, in their brilliance, they have to get rid of the body. It's bad for business. They have one reanimated body, one. So they burn it. They go to a crematorium. They convince this guy to do it, and he does it. And what happens is when the body turns to smoke and goes into the atmosphere, it begins to rain. And the rainwater reanimates an entire graveyard's worth of people. This is one of the most perfect plots. You know? I mean, it's, it's genius. And then we go back to the, the party gang. We have one of the all-time movie bodies. One of these girls gets naked, starts dancing on the grave. She later becomes a white and red zombie. She, uh, one of the most amazing bodies, uh, pre-breast implant uh, craze, okay? You know, breast implants really, really weren't, they, they were catching on, but they weren't so prevalent. Uh, as I, I could tell, she's got natural boobies. Incredible, incredible everything <laughs> we'll just stop there uh but at the same time though uh good actress and every like i said like it's everyone in this movie is good because everyone's over the top now the standout of this movie is james karen now james karen i'm pretty sure is in our next movie uh <laughs> the prophecy uh 1978 or 1977 i, I keep forgetting pretty sure he's a doctor in, in that movie or he is uh, or he could have been a doctor in a movie called the unborn that i am not um that i d decided not to uh, discuss he could be an unborn i apologize but james karen is one of your all-time actors he recently passed away a year ago james karen has dozens and you know like his his list i want to say hundreds but his his filmography is insane. This is your definition of a career actor, a career performer, a professional. Not your Tom Cruise, not your Brad Pitt. You know, there's something to um, appreciate about people with his type of career. Now, he is so far over the top in this movie. Okay, he is one of the people that because he inhales the gas early, he has this completely slow turn as he's turning into the living undead because he's conscious, he's aware. See, we're also seeing the rules of the zombies with him and uh, his friend, uh, his co-worker, uh, uh, Tom Matthews, right, Freddie, where I may be getting that wrong. Uh, and look, I'm sorry. I'm just pulling. I'm pulling a lot of things off of um, uh, IMDb as, as as I'm talking to you. 
these two characters slowly turn into like the true living dead see their minds are conscious they're aware uh they know what's happening to them they feel what's happening to them but they're conscious and they can talk and they can make decisions but they're sick but they have no vital signs they have uh no heartbeat so you know when it comes back to the zombies you know these zombies are somewhat intelligent you know they get they almost like get more intelligent the more brains that they eat and you know these zombies start setting traps and they start luring people to them again this is this is an evolution and improvement of the night of of the living dead zombies uh just uh, and it answers all these questions that we didn't even know probably to ask uh even at the time i would say uh, we don't know to ask at the time uh you know to me it's amazing that like even the show um you know like the walking dead can last so long because the um yeah as far as i understand walking dead does not answer these questions at all it stays away from them because the zombie uh event or a zombie event uh, it can easily be uh like the logic can just crumble on its own weight and it can take you out of it it really can they can take you out of the uh experience so yeah, you know, we're cycling here, but you know, we we watched this movie on a triple feature. It was Return of the Living Dead, Return of the Living Dead Part Two, and then Maximum Overdrive, <laughs> which really makes no sense. <laughs> Maximum Overdrive is fun to watch because it's just like it really is like a popcorn like brain dump movie, but there is really nothing. There's very little in that movie that. Uh, makes sense you know like uh, machines coming alive and some cars coming alive and some cars not coming alive (laughs) you know like it's very choosy on what comes alive in in that movie it just really doesn't add up but um you know it kind of is like a template for the mist and i'm not like i'm pretty sure stephen king wrote and directed maximum overdrive before the mist uh, short story but the mist movie is like a perfect version of what maximum overdrive should have been if that makes any sense uh but yeah so look we have a uh you know we, we really do have something special yeah so like it, it just like you know it's like this movie now will always be like a, a part of one of those nights it's, it's a wonderful memory to really share this movie with the first time with um three other people and really see how much they enjoyed and wanted to rock and roll and just watching this uh this, so it is a crowd pleaser because it's goofy and it has some of the greatest uh practical effects in cinema history most memorable practical effects in human history um you know there's it's some of it's comic booky or like uh exaggerated or like a lot like mike plog or bernie wrightson's artwork where you know like the whites are extra white in the eyes and stuff like that but everything's like dark around the the eye sockets and, and things we have um we have a go-to i don't want to say but it's like we kind of have a masterpiece and we should not ignore this movie and for day 25 of the 31 days of dread i am happy to bring you return of the living dead everyone go check it out and next day 26 and day 27 we have the prophecy great movie same title or great movie same i can't i can't get that right great title great movies okay 
Let's rock and roll and let's get 